Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. Um, as you can tell, this week's uh, episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's just me and Stan this week. Uh, we're down in the uh, the panel bunker, deep, deep in the underground here. And... Um, we're just going to be talking about comics. We're just going to talk a little bit about comics. Uh, just some stuff floating around in my head, you know, just just whatever whatever thought bubbles happen to pop up. I'm going to pluck them out of the air and hold them in front of me and read them, maybe up to a mirror because they'll probably be backwards because you know how comics work and perspective and physics and everything like that. Probably. Probably not. Um, but yeah, yeah, just me and Stan this week. Stan, anything you want to say to the people? Stan. Oh, hold on. He's being, he's being shy. Hold on. Stan, Stan, do you have anything you want to say to the people? Come on, man. This is your big chance. We've been doing 40, 40, how many? 42, 3, 43. This is the 40, this is the 43rd episode. Is that right, folks? 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the listeners say it's 43 episodes. Is there anything you want to say? Oh, he's telling me to hold on a second. Really? Did you just get a phone call in the middle? Jeez, Stan. Stan, Stan is, uh, he's going off in his corner of the, uh, the panel bunker. And, uh, he's going to have a phone conversation, apparently. It's, uh, it's hard to tell. The corner's now... Filling with smoke, and we lost Stan. We lost Stan. It's okay. It's all right. Happens every time we start a podcast. Stan ducks out like that. Um, so I guess it's up to me. Let's let's have a little theme song. Let's let's go ahead and put a little theme song in here. Um, let me see what I can sniff out. Uh, hold on one second. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside and when you wake up ready to say i think i'll make a snappy new day it's such a good feeling a very good feeling the feeling you know that i'll be back Mm, that's good stuff i think we all needed that folks little mr rogers mr rogers thinks you're special and well, I do too. And so does Stan. Stan probably thinks that you have two heads and multiple eyes. He's on all kinds of jugs. But you know what? I love Stan too. I love Stan too. It doesn't matter how many ju- drugs. The drugs. Th- Hold on. Stan, the drugs. I don't care that you're on drugs. Yes. Yes. You're on drugs. Yes, that's probably why I'm purple. Yes, that's why I'm gargantuan. Yes, Stan. Yes, yes, yes. Just relax. Just just go to your go to your little Zen place. Go to the chill out room. Yes. Yeah. All right. Stan's gonna go hang out in the chill out room for a little bit. Um, he's gonna he's gonna go back to his nice little Zen happy place. Maybe take some downers, and uh, we're gonna do a podcast here. So uh, let's talk about some comics, guys. Let's have a little conversation about comics. What is going on in comics lately? Well, <laughs> lots of stuff, really. Um, you uh, you got Marvel with their Secret Wars, and you got DC with the whatever DC's doing right now. Uh, I think it's interesting because what's what's happening in comics right now is that um, the the two companies seem to be doing two very different things. Uh, and in the past, you could kind of draw parallels between what Marvel was doing and what DC was doing, and that, you know, they knew what was coming up, so there was like it was like counter-programming, right? They had moles on the inside, but that's not really happening. DC isn't really doing anything comparable to Secret Wars right now. Um, I feel like uh, whatever their last big event was, was maybe, uh, maybe 
a response to Secret Wars. Maybe they were trying to get that kind of content out there before Marvel could, but it, it didn't really stick, you know what I mean? Like, they couldn't really get the bat off their shoulder and, so to speak, the bat. <laughs> the bat, the Batman. Um, but, now that being said, the fact that DC isn't reacting to what Marvel is doing and vice versa, DC's producing some of the best books that they've come out with since before the New 52 stuff. Man, I loved DC before uh, New 52. I was into it. I was really into it. A lot of good things were happening back then. Blackest Night. I can't tell you how many times I've read Blackest Night. I should do an episode about it. Um, if only I had a podcast. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a built-in excuse to reread it. That's, you know, that's something I really like about this show, is I have a built-in excuse now to reread uh, comics that I love. I will eventually, hope, probably in time for the Captain America movie, hopefully, uh, go back and read Civil War. I'll go back and read all of Civil War. I actually had this idea that I would go back and read um, the different lines, the different Civil War lines that were coming out at the time. Um, because you had, of course, the main title. It was just like any big crossover. You had your, your main title, and then you had your tie-ins. You had your Amazing Spider-Man, your Fantastic Four. Wolverine had his storyline, things like that. There was um, the Civil War Frontline books, which were unusually excellent. Um, so maybe it'll be like a, a multi-episode thing um, where we have the, uh, the, main, the main plot threads and then the rest. Apparently there was even a Moon Knight run on Civil War, because, sure, because why not? Let's, uh, let's involve Moon Knight in our big, uh, big crossover. I don't think anybody read those. Um, anyway, we're, <laughs> right, a built-in excuse to, uh, read comics that I love, and, um, I mean, that's, that's one of a, a thousand benefits to having this, uh, this particular podcast, but, um, DC, I was talking about DC, and, the, what they're doing right now is is actually some kind of compelling stuff from what little I've read. Um, what I have read is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, those three. And uh, in Superman, you've got Superman where he kind of lost his powers. He's like way depowered and he's dealing with that and he's living aspects of his life for the first time. And that kind of thing is interesting to me. He's a character again. He's something interesting, something to uh, something to root for, which... He hasn't been that for a very long time. He's been the least interesting of the big three in DC. Um, you've got Batman, who is no longer Batman, I guess. I am a few issues behind, uh, truth be told. But um, uh, Commissioner Gordon is now acting as Batman in a Batman robot suit. Sure, why not? Um, it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, and then you kind of have Wonder Woman just dealing with all this stuff. It's interesting. It is It is really, really fascinating. Um, now, as far as your other popular DC characters, your Green Lantern, your Cyborg, um, I haven't read much of their stuff. I've heard that the Cyborg standalone title is excellent. Getting a lot of good press, and I appreciate that. Um, I hear Batgirl is still doing well. Haven't really read that. Um, to be completely honest, folks, I only lately have had the time to read comics to just keep up with the Secret Wars stuff, you know? And, of course, the excellent, excellent image comics uh, that I um, that I read, Thrilling Adventure Hour comics specifically. I read um, the Beyond Belief episode, episode. Issue number two came out recently. Um, a new issue of Velvet, uh, issue number 11, came out. Can't recommend that highly enough. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's all gravy over in image land. Uh, Lazarus, um, Descender, oh, Descender. Descender, actually, I need to get caught up on. I'm a little bit behind on Descender, but that's one of those books where you read it and then you want to throw the issue in your hand because there's no new issue after it. It's wonderful. Um, uh, let me go back and talk about the Thrilling Adventure Hour just a little bit. Uh, these comics are great. Um, you've got Beyond Belief and you've got Sparks Nevada. These are the two uh, current titles that are being produced. They're written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. And um, I have tried on multiple occasions 
to do a podcast about these comics. And I've failed each and every time. Because these are not just... They're not just comics. They are uh, born from a another podcast called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. <laughs> you guessed it ahead of time, didn't you? Um, an excellent podcast. I would say one of my top five favorite podcasts of all time, including podcasts that I have been on. <laughs> um, it's just a joy from start to finish. And finish it did. It, they recently played their... Um, their final episode, and uh, heartbreaking though it is, um, we now get these comics. Um, And the comics are definitely served by being familiar with the podcast. Uh, The way that the lines, the dialogue is written, and the lines are delivered, um, you need to hear them coming out of the actors and actresses who play these characters on the radio, so to speak, um, to fully enjoy these comics. Um, you've got Frank and Sadie Doyle from Beyond Belief, and that is Paget Brewster and Paul F. Tompkins. Those two, just top to bottom, T to B, make those characters. They are those characters. And from what I've heard, there is a uh, uh, TV series currently in production, and man, I hope that gets picked up by someplace decent, someplace that will give it a chance and give Acker and Blacker the breathing room that they deserve and uh, will make the show Right, and then you have Sparks Nevada. Um, Sparks Nevada is played by Mark Evan Jackson, uh, and he has a very distinctive voice. You may know him from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's on that as well as a few other things. Uh, And then he has his sidekick, Croach the Tracker, played by Mark Gagliardi, who you may know from Drunk History, or We Got This with uh, uh, Mark and Hal, and it's another great podcast that you should listen to. Anyway, the point is... Uh, oh, and Busy Phillips. The Red Plains Rider is played by Busy Phillips. And you need to hear these voices in your head while you're reading the comics. Because these are good comics. But with these actors' tone and delivery and timing associated with the dialogue, it just makes them even better. And um, you should check them out at your earliest convenience. So... I guess I don't really have to, uh, well, I'll probably talk more about these. The more they come out, and I want to uh, dedicate an entire episode to them, and and really the thrilling adventure hour in general, it's inspiring to me as a show. Um, The same way that that shows like Judge John Hodgman and, um, you know, Nerdist and, you know, all the classics, Spontaneation, basically anything Paul F. Tompkins is on, really. Um, it, it inspires me to uh, do better as a podcaster and uh, up the quality of my content that I am producing for uh, for you, dear listener, uh, because I love you, just like Mr. Rogers loves you in that non-creepy way that is also uh, very supportive Uh, And speaking of being supportive, let's hear a word from one of our supporters, one of our sponsors, uh, and we'll be right back with more Panel Riot. Please stick around. Hey, everybody. Bet you didn't think you'd be hearing from me again so soon, but we don't have an official commercial recorded yet for uh, what I'm about to pitch to you. Um, But it's only a matter of time because this product is A, number one, delightful. What is it? It's a comic. It is called Soul Sworn. It is by my dear friend Zeke, and it is top-notch, high-quality webcomic activity. Where can you find this, you may ask? Soulsworn.webcomic.ws. What is it about? Well, I'll tell you. It is high adventure in a land where the dead is not the end of the story. Uh, I said that completely wrong. Where death is not the end of the story. It is naughty, it is hilarious, it is exciting, it is interesting, it is um, it is a great, great comic and a, and, a, and a hell of a ride. And Zeke, he puts out a lot, a lot of, uh, of content. He is an excellent, excellent uh, creative person and um, he does it all. He writes the dialogue. He does the art all of him, all himself, all the inking, all the coloring, all of it. It's all him. It is well worth your time. Check it out at soulsworn.webcomic.ws. Thanks. And we're back. And we're back. Man, 
I don't know who that guy was, but he had a sweet voice. That was a sexy, sexy voice. Uh, we're talking about comics. Just random stuff going on in comics today. Uh, and uh, we talked a little bit about DC. We talked a little, about the bit, a little bit about Image and the Thrilling Adventure Hour and so on and so forth. But uh, something that I've been thinking about for a while and I kind of want to get into is these, these characters, these icons uh, of comic books that we uh, we get into and we follow and, and everything like that. Now, I've said before on the on the show that um, there's there's two kinds of comic book fans. There's comic book fans who follow the characters, and there's comic book fans who follow the writers. And I guess there's three kinds because there's some who follow both. Um, because I've been reading X-Men for as long as I can remember, <laughs> and I don't care who's writing it. Um, although I've, I've kind of delved into their archives from uh, from the dark period for me where I wasn't reading the X-Men and I've had some very pleasant surprises. Uh, Ed Brubaker comes to mind. Matt Fraction uh, the the phenomenal Matt Fraction. I I can't talk enough about him. I would love, 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 love to have him on the podcast. He is just a delight. Um, both Matt Fraction and Kelly Sudaconic are uh, forces of good in this uh, in this comic book industry, and uh, I'm glad that I get to read their work. But um, anyway, uh, the <laughs> man, really easy to get off track here. Um, these characters uh, that which are almost like universally known, just internationally known at the very least. If you say Batman. Everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who Superman is. Um, and these are these are absolute icons. Marvel is doing a great job at building up characters that may not have been that iconic. Um, I'm talking, of course, about Iron Man. Iron Man specifically was kind of a... He was a lower-tier character. And then Robert Downey Jr. came along and, and uh, launched... A whole new era of film and comics, for that matter. Um, he's now a household name. You say Iron Man, they know who that is. Uh, Captain America. Captain America has... He is, I feel, an icon on par with uh, with Batman and Superman. Maybe a little less, but um, he's always... Uh, he's been able to adapt with the times, I feel. And uh, And again, Marvel is doing a great job with making him a household name. Um, even Thor, who I don't know anybody who, when you say who's the favorite, who's your favorite superhero, they say, "Oh, Thor." If you are that person, please email me panelride at gmail dot com because I have questions. I have questions. Um, they're doing uh, they're doing a great job with these characters and giving them standalone films. Uh, I am not the first person to say this, and this is one of the least controversial things I'll say here on the show, but. Uh, Black Widow absolutely needs a standalone movie. It's too interesting to not do. Um, and I'll say the same thing for Hawkeye, but you know what? I think Hawkeye would be better served with a Netflix series. Um, and if they could get Matt Fraction to write that, I would just be happy as a little clam. Happy as a clam. Uh, I don't know the saying. Something about a clam bake? I don't know. I don't know old timey sayings. Uh, I just make them up and say them confidently in a way that sounds like I know what they're uh, what they mean. Um, but yeah, uh, Hawkeye uh, should have a Netflix series based off of the Matt Fraction and David Aja run, which was so incredible and just recently ended and is yet another topic for our podcast. Um, I, at this point, I would settle for a Netflix series for Black Widow, but obviously I don't want that to happen. I want it a full-fledged film. I want the film to be there. I want the toys, all of the promotional materials and everything like that because it is important. I was very frustrated when the news started coming out that when Age of Ultron came out, once again, you couldn't get very many Black Widow toys. Um, and it was the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. No Gamora. It's frustrating and it's infuriating and, and I'm hoping that it's something that's going to change in the near future. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. I, I say the near future. We know that in the far future we're going to get the Captain Marvel film, which I can't wait for that. That's going to be tremendous. If um, 
if uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is not involved in the making of that film in some way, then they are doing a huge disservice to both their fans and to uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick herself because she really has made that character uh, iconic all on her own without um, without the addition of Marvel Cinematic Universe behind her yet. Yet. Um, I, I can't remember. I think I feel like I read something about her leaving the character at some point, but I, I can't remember, and I hope that's not the case because she really, really does great work, um, not just on this, but, but also on Bitch Planet, and she's she's a tremendous writer, and I hope that... Um, uh, I hope that she sticks around for a long time. I, I feel the same way about Matt Fraction. And and I was thinking about this recently with um, the announcement that... Uh, I can't remember who it is. Someone someone was just uh, recently leaving Marvel for... Uh, it was Rick Remender. It might have been Rick Remender that he was leaving. He announced he was leaving Marvel to go, uh, you know, work for the uh, for the independents, the creator-owned stuff, the stuff over an image, which is fine. I think that's great, but it makes me sad to see. Um, you know, I, I'm a Marvel guy. I read Marvel books, uh, particularly, and I feel like maybe that is for the characters. I like to follow the characters, um, and I love it when my favorite artist or favorite writer, rather is put on a book, is put on a, a comic. When it was announced that uh, Brian Michael Bendis would be writing Iron Man, I was over the moon, uh, just overjoyed. I I loved Iron Man when Matt Fraction was writing it, and I'm looking forward to see what Brian Michael Bendis does with it. Um, and I think it's good creatively for writers to, you know, uh, work on the independence and then for Marvel and then the independence and then for Marvel. Like, come back and forth. I know Ed Brubaker is currently uh, uh, working for Image, and I think actually he might have burned that bridge. I think he said he'll never work for Marvel again. I, I can't rightly remember. But um, uh, I, I, I look forward to see what these characters do uh, and, on the independent scene. Um, if you if you look at someone like Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis basically does whatever he wants at any time. I don't know if you've noticed that or if I've mentioned on the show, but you know Warren Ellis is beholden to no one, and uh, it's all that he's all the better for it. You know what I mean? He he keeps his um, his chops fresh by writing in the independence and and you know working on things like trees and and basically doing whatever he wants and then he shows up for Marvel and um, they put him on an obscure character like Karnak who's one of the Inhumans that's going to be coming out um, soon Uh, I think that's uh, after the Secret Wars are over Um, we're going to have a Karnak book which is I'm not sure what to think about that, but but it's Warren Ellis so it'll be good you know what I mean so um, I, I think and I hope I sincerely hope that Marvel encourages their artists or their artists, their writers to uh, move back and forth and, you know, work on the creator own stuff and then come back to Marvel and, and work with them as well. Because it's, um, it keeps the, it keeps the muscles fresh. It keeps the, the creativity flowing, which is important. It's the most important thing. Something I'm always in awe of uh, about uh, uh, people who work for Marvel and, and writers and writers, particularly, but also artists. Uh, I'm in the midst currently of a uh, a competition called Sketchbet. If you go on Twitter right now and type search hashtag Sketchbet, you will see me and a lot of my friends producing art. Uh, and the idea is that for 15 minutes every day we produce a, an art piece, and. Um, you know, post it online, and the the entire goal is to just it's self improvement. You know what I mean? And and I'm not an artist per se. I went to school for graphic design, but I love this competition, and it, it's it's um, I always surprise myself with the things that I come up with and and that that fall out of my head onto the paper. Um, now that being said, it is so difficult to produce a decent piece. Um, and the idea that artists, comic artists, the the volume of work that they produce, that's what I'm trying to get at. Both writers and artists, the volume of work 
the massive amount that they produce uh, on a weekly, monthly basis is incredible to me. When I sit down to write, uh, uh, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? I can come up with a, with a few ideas and I can write some short stories or I can write haiku or, or whatever or dumb jokes on Twitter and everything like that. But these people are producing like hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of pages of comic scripts and comic panels and art and and then you have the inkers and the colorists and everything like that and and when when you have a book that is under the image title you look at like something like sex criminals or saga um the the time taken from from issue to issue is so much longer than it is from issue to issue on Marvel and that that makes uh, that makes sense to me because it seems like uh, the rate at which comics come out, the cre- independent creator-owned comics, that is a reasonable time for these things to come out. And with Marvel, you have all these books every single week and they are working around the clock and, and producing this massive amount of work and it's impressive and it's staggering and it's inspiring and and I don't really have a point to this, uh, but just, um, oh, no, I do have a point. The creator-owned books are good because you can go and you can work that relaxed schedule, and you can spend more time with your families, your family, <laughs> your family, and, uh, and, and you can enjoy yourself, and then you can come back and you can work for Marvel, um, as I so often do, I'll bring it back to professional wrestling in that um, you have your your Marvel and then you have your WWE and it is a brutal, grueling, torturous, rewarding, incredible experience to be on that main roster and to work for the big company. Um, and uh, unfortunately, in professional wrestling, if you decide I want to take a break, I'm going to take a step back, I'm going to go work some independent dates and uh, have a more relaxed schedule, that is kind of considered burning your bridge with WWE because that's just the kind of culture that they have. Um, whereas in, in the, in the independents and in, in, in comics... Um, if you take a step back from Marvel, you, you do good work for them, and then you take a break, I feel like that door is more open. They're more um, open to bringing back people who have done good work for them, and I, I think that's uh, that's great. I know that there's someone I'm forgetting um, in uh, th- that uh, <laughs> would illustrate my point perfectly. And that person's name is Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman, that is who I'm thinking of. I am uh, uh, 99% sure that um, he's, he wrote the whole uh, the Infinity series and everything like that. And then he's uh, you know, going to take a break. And I think the door is open for him to come back. I could be mixing him up with someone else. I apologize. I don't have a lot of notes for this episode. <laughs> but I hope you'll... Uh, 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 bear with me and uh, kind of understand uh, my point here. Um, I think that's a good place as any to uh, hear another quick word from our sponsors. And uh, if you stick around, we'll be back with a little bit more Panel Riot. Hey guys. Oh, it's me again. It's me again with another uh, uh, another quick commercial for you, and uh, that commercial is for this very show that you're listening to. Um, there's more of it. There is secret panels which have hidden content. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's codes, there's books you can pull with spinny uh, spinny staircases, not staircases, bookcases, spinny bookcases, just like Indiana Jones, but with less Nazis. No Nazis. <laughs> Let's make that clear. There are no Nazis. Um, and uh, uh, they're, they're yours. They're there for the taking, for you to lay hands on. Um, all you have to do is go to panelriot.com, click the button that says Patreon, and go from there. And uh, if you donate a little bit to the show, and when I say a little bit, I mean a little tiny, tiny bit. Um, all you have to do is, uh, you know, 50 cents a show. 
that's that's fine. I'm a okay with that. Fifty cents a show, you know, a quarter a show. I think can go as low as quarter a show. Maybe even pennies a show. Anything you want to donate, I am absolutely thrilled to death. Uh, the 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 cost of a cup of coffee for a day. I would be a, a cup of coffee per day. I would be absolutely thrilled to death. Um, forego your espresso in the morning and donate that to Panel Riot. PanelRiot.com, the button says Patreon, and you will get exclusive, exclusive content uh, as well as a few other things. And you can be my boss, and we'll talk about you on the show. Uh, and uh, we will do a quick rundown of those guys at the end of the episode. But... One last time, I promise. Go to panelriot.com, click the button that says Patreon, and please do give. And we're back. We're back. So happy to be back. Uh, man, that guy has the best voice. He really does. I hope he reads uh, all of our ads in the future. Or not. I hope you read some of our ads, dear listener. Uh, I hope you have something to advertise. Contact us, panelriot at gmail.com, and you know what? We'll do a commercial as long as I'm okay with selling whatever it is you're selling. Um, we'll uh, we'll do a commercial together. I can read it myself. I can write copy for you. Whatever you like. Just please, 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 just advertise on the show. <laughs> uh, Panelrad at gmail dot com. We would appreciate it. Um, we're just talking. You know, we're just chatting, just having a little conversation about comic books and comic book characters, comic book related things, like you do like you do here on the show. Uh, Stan is officially passed out now. His smoke has cleared. He is out like a light. Um, his little nest of pillows in the corner. He looks comfy cozy. I gave him a little blanket uh, during that last uh, last break. And uh, he's happy as a clam, uh, which I think I have already said in this episode. <laughs> Got to stop using that one. Uh, Watson's here with me too. Uh, he's curled up, my little kitty Watson. Uh, doesn't read a lot of comics, Watson, but... Uh, uh, I let him stay for free because he's adorable. I was thinking um, about the death of Superman and how it was both very, very good and very, very bad for comics. Uh, when Superman died, it got an incredible amount of press, right? Um, I remember specifically, uh, I, I was young when it happened, and I, I saw news stories on Entertainment Weekly of all places. That's right, folks. Mary Hart, John Tesh, they weren't just musicians and nobodies. Uh, back then, they were, uh, they were the lead-in to TGIF, I think, or maybe they were afterwards. It doesn't matter. Entertainment Weekly was hosted by them, and they covered it. They talked about the death of Superman, and they even talked about how you know local news outlets were covering it. DC was killing their greatest, their greatest superhero, the the biggest, um, the biggest icon of a of a generation or of multiple generations, and they were ending his life. Um, and it was amazing, and it was high, so high profile; it had never been done before, um, not quite to that scale. I mean, of course, you know, you had your Jason Todds and your um, your whoever else, but. Um, but a main character like that, uh, especially one as iconic as Superman, it just was never done. Uh, sales went through the roof. People loved this comic. Uh, it's not a good comic. If you've ever read it, it's as dumb as you would imagine uh, a way of Superman to die. He, uh, of course, fights Doomsday. They introduce Doomsday. And instead of being intelligent, as he had shown that he could be up to that point in the comics, uh, they just punched each other to death, and that was the end of it. Um, not well thought out, I think. But um, eh, that's Superman, you know, especially of that era, not well thought out. So Superman dies. It gets a massive amount of media coverage. As does the aftermath, um, where you had the the other the fake Supermans, the Android Superman, and that's when they introduced Steel and Superboy and another one, Eradicator or something. I don't know. I didn't read DC then or ever really, maybe a little bit. Anyway, um, and even those, you know, sales were good. It was a huge deal, um, and. Uh, you know, eventually he came back because, of course, he did. But the deal with that is that it was huge, and everybody saw that pie, and everybody wanted a slice of it. So people started, you know, killing superheroes. You know, um, you had the the Marvel Comics onslaught uh, where they killed all their whole universe. Uh, you had um, 
you know, the Heroes Reborn storyline, which of course brought him back. Less said about that, the better. Uh, or the more. Maybe I should do a whole episode about just the Heroes Reborn stuff. Or just Onslaught. It really doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> um, the point is they started killing people. And even, you know, spoiler alert, uh, at the end of Civil War, they killed Captain America. Uh, and he, of course, also came back. Uh, I think I would have to say as far as... Um, uh, comparable characters, Captain America is Superman for the Marvel Universe. Uh, I feel like um, as far as popularity, you could say Spider-Man, but I feel like DC doesn't really have a, a character that is comparable to Spider-Man in both character and popularity. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of characters that are similar to him, um, but uh, you, you just don't match that Spider-Man popularity, and they really never have. Uh, anyway, um, and I feel like Avengers did the same thing. Avengers had a similar effect. Oh, 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 no, go back a little bit before we get to the Avengers part, is that um, all these other comics started trying to replicate what happened with varying degrees of success, and more often than not, that success was in quotes. Um, it wasn't actually that successful. They just tried to do it, and it was a flash in the pan because they wanted a slice of that pie, wanted that slice of that dead superhero pie. And it worked, you know, uh, a, a little bit. Um, the, actually, the stuff with Captain America was really interesting afterwards. That whole, that whole, that was a good time for Marvel, actually. Uh, the post-Civil War stuff, um, the stuff leading up to the siege, um, with the exception of the dark... Um, Dark, not Dark Rain, the Secret Invasion stuff. That was a little weird. Uh, and then you had your Norman Osborn Dark Rain. But the, the Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America books, um, right before Siege, was those all three of those were phenomenal. Really, really interesting books. You had, um, you had Tony Stark on the run, um, deleting parts of his brain, essentially, so that um, Norman Osborn couldn't get the superhero registration database because it was only backed up in Tony's mind. Um, you had Captain America fighting through time to return to the present, which he eventually did. Then you had Thor, who uh, was resurrected from Ragnarok, and uh, that's during the incredible J. Michael Straczynski run where he uh, brought back Asgard and floated it over, I believe it was the plains of Iowa. Uh, and that was just a delight. That was uh, the most fun I've ever had reading a Thor book and the only fun I've ever had really reading a Thor book until um, the recent uh, the recent incarnation of Thor, the uh, the female Thor. So... And, you know, even DC has done this as well. I don't think they've necessarily killed Wonder Woman, but they certainly killed Batman, quote-unquote killed Batman. And they did something similar to the Captain America thing. His consciousness went back in time, and he had to kind of fight his way through. Now, as with all things DC, it was not nearly that simple. I don't know how he fought his way back to the present. I've read that multiple times, and I still don't understand, I would say... 45% of it, but the stuff I do understand is good enough that it's an interesting read. Um, so, but the, the, the quality of those, and also, you know, the public gets jaded as well. Um, and because they're like, oh, we're, they're going to kill this character. Okay, well, he'll be back. Um, you saw the same thing when they killed Wolverine recently. I mean, those sales were pretty good, and those books were really good. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, everyone, the first, the first reaction was, oh, okay, he'll be back. Of course he'll be back. Of course he'll be back. He's one of Marvel's most popular characters. Of course he's going to come back. You're not impressing anyone with your insider knowledge about how Wolverine is going to come back from the dead. The way he comes back, I feel, uh, is uh, interesting, and, and you know, it's still going to pan out. There's been hints that... Um, that old man Logan is going to become a part of the regular Marvel Universe. Not hints, they've straight up said it. And uh, X-23 is going to take the classic Wolverine mantle, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I'm looking forward to it myself. Um, anyway, so uh, that effect of we want a piece of this pie and we're going to try to do it ourselves is happening again with the Avengers, the very first Avengers movie. 
it was great. I don't need to tell you that. If you're listening to a comics podcast, I'm sure you've seen the Avengers movie. Um, and it made an exorbitant amount of money. Just an absurd amount of money. Uh, and that's just box office. That is just the film itself. That doesn't count DVD sales. That doesn't count merchandising. That doesn't count uh, the countless, countless revenue streams that go along with a massive, massive film like that. So what happens? Everybody wants a piece of that pie. Everybody's talking about we're going to have a shared universe now. Uh, Sony, who their first, uh, their first move was, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to have a shared Spider-Man universe. We're going to have another Spider-Man movie and then a Sinister Six and then another Spider-Man movie and then a, a, and, and on down the line until everyone said, no one wants that. <laughs> Nobody is interested uh, in your Spider-Man shared universe. Now, it's worth saying uh, that I personally feel that Andrew Garfield was a phenomenal Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man uh, in the way that Tobey Maguire could not necessarily be. Um, he had uh, uh, Andrew Garfield had jokes. He had he brought you know that human side to the character that uh, the that special thing about Spider-Man that everyone can identify with. Almost everyone can identify with. Um, and uh, uh, Emma Stone was a fantastic Gwen Stacy. Uh, what happened was, of course, inevitable. But hey, hey, you know, they, we've got the whole Spider-Gwen thing now. So anyway, it doesn't matter because all that is absolutely down the tubes and we have a new Spider-Man that we're going to see in Civil War. But Sony wanted to have their shared universe there. And then they were like, okay, Fantastic Four. We're going to have our Fantastic Four movie. We've already got our X-Men movie. Um, and we're going to have, they're going to cross over. We're going to have an X-Men Fantastic Four crossover. Fantastic Four came out and it was a flop and you don't hear anything about that again. Uh, the Sony's problem is that they can make these big plans, but um, they forgot to actually make the films good. That's the key. When you look at, uh, at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the lineup, that, those phase one films, Iron Man 1 and 2, Thor, Captain America, those were good movies. Yes, Thor, Iron Man 2, maybe they weren't as good as the rest, but I will still absolutely watch one of those over uh, something that Sony has produced. To give you an example, I've watched all the Marvel Cinematic films, and I have not seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's just how it is. Uh, And I don't want to see Fantastic Four. Of course, I saw X-Men because I love the X-Men, and uh, that was actually pretty good. Anyway... They feel like they can take shortcuts, I feel like. And um, I, I don't, I, I'm uneasy with uh, DC at, at this point because they too are saying they want a piece of that, that uh, superhero pie, that dead superhero pie, so to speak. And um, as a result, so they, they look at what they've got. And like, okay, all right, well, we've got a Superman movie, and we've already made references and everything like that. So, of course, that's going to be connected. We already announced Batman, Superman, but it's also going to introduce the Justice League. And then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and we already have these successful TV series that for some reason don't tie in with the movies, uh, which is a little insane to me because... Because wh- <laughs> come on... <laughs> Uh, your TV series are, have generated more goodwill than your films have. So it just seems like DC, it's, it's all in the planning stages and nothing has actually happened. Whereas Marvel is already, you know, getting into their phase three movies. Um, they've announced their slate down the line and everything like that. And they're, they're doing well. Um, are there missteps? Of course there are missteps. Ant-Man was okay. But again, you know, Marvel hasn't come out with a bad movie, and I'm sure a lot of people would be willing to disagree with me about that, but Marvel Studios, um, the worst they've done is just come out with movies that are okay, and uh, I think when you compare that to DC, which has done almost nothing, uh, and you look at the Superman, the Man of Steel movie or whatever it was, that was terrible. I hate to say it, because I really like the, the guy, the main character... I forget his name in real life, but Superman. Um, I really like him, and I think he did a pretty good job at Superman, but man, that script was a stinker, and uh, uh, I just was not, did not enjoy that film. 
So um, you can call it you can call it dead superhero pie. You can call it the Avengers effect. Um, and uh, I understand now that everybody is looking at Marvel to fail. Everybody, <laughs> that's my chair. I need to uh, oil my chair if I want to continue podcasting out of it. Um, everyone's looking at Marvel to fail now. When Ant-Man, or it started with Guardians of the Galaxy. They announced that and everyone was like, ugh, what, really? I don't know. And it came out and it was amazing. And then, of course, the next... Uh, Actually, no, I think uh, Winter Soldier was in between that, and everyone was like, well, that's amazing. But Ant-Man, everyone, not only were they predicting that it would fail, it was like they were almost rooting for it to fail, just to justify their prediction that Marvel was going to eventually put out a clunker. And um, that's entirely possible. No one is perfect, no matter how time-tested and tried and true the, uh, the brand is. So, but they are still producing the best comic book related cinematic content, I feel. Um, And it started with that huge, massive Avengers thing. Now, if you want to look at the Avengers effect, that first film was so big and so good that the follow-up film suffered as a result. Age of Ultron was a pretty good movie. And it was shredded, absolutely shredded. If that film had come out and the original Avengers um, had not come out yet, then people would have been absolutely over the moon with it. Instead, people dissected it and they focused on the absolute worst parts because they, in their hearts there was no way that they could follow up um, the incredible first Avengers film. In a lot of ways they were right. It was not without its problems, but... Uh, uh, it's the Avengers effect. You know what I mean? It was so big and everyone wants a slice of that pie. Even Marvel. Even Marvel and Disney and all their subsidiaries and everybody everybody who's, you know, going to profit from this, they want a slice of their own pie. And I'm hoping that it won't turn into the same as uh, Killing Superman. You know what I mean? With the... the like oh, oh so <laughs> so they say uh, they're killing a superhero. Oh, he'll be back in a month. Whatever, I don't even care. Um, a superhero movies com- movies coming out. Oh, whatever. Well, it's not going to be First Avengers, so I don't even care. I think that's as cogent as I can put that point right now. Unfortunately, it's a thousand degrees in my apartment. Stan is starting to wake up. Watson's giving me the stink eye. And uh, I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Folks, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Before we close the book on another episode, I have a few things to share with you. Uh, Would you like more Panel Riot? Well, more is available. You can find us at our skull-shaped base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few Patreon exclusives. Each and every month, I will review a random comic for your exclusive enjoyment. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. And incidentally, I would like to sincerely thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, they are, as, uh, as my friend Sorgatron puts it, being a fan out loud. Um, they are, in fact, Sorgatron. You can check him out at Sorgatron. Uh, Ed Burke, you can follow him at Ed Burke 37 and The Wrestling Revolution, The W Revolution uh, on Twitter. Thank them for me. And then head on over to panelriot.com. Click the link that says Patreon and you can donate pennies. Pennies an episode, any bit, any little bit. Uh, it makes me feel good. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the spectacular Intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can hear us all over the place, including Stitcher, Smart Radio, Spreaker, and of course, iTunes. If none of those work for you, You can also head over to panelriot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you will be whisked away into a land of episode descriptions and browser players. I sincerely hope you enjoy it.
If you are an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. It helps more people find the podcast, and you will spend a day in the body of your favorite celebrity if you do. I want to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, and what your thought bubbles say. Thanks for listening, true believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say... I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. The things inside you, your thoughts and your feelings, are all yours. And you're the one to decide if you want to share them with anybody. Your thoughts and your feelings are your own. I like sharing some of mine with you. I'll be back next time. You always make it a special day by just your being yourself. Bye-bye. Proud member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.